For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, we were talking to Reverend Kurt Cooper. Um, all this week we're, we're having a discussion on pop culture um, talking about Avengers today, and we talked about it yesterday. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit tomorrow as well. Um, but we kind of just got into um, some basic discussion about the movie, some information about the movie, um, but then also uh, into you know which characters we thought were going to die, and then why why that story resonated with us. So if you didn't listen to that yesterday, go back and check that out. We didn't really give away any spoilers, nothing major, and today we're going to try to do the same. Um, speak of it vaguely, um, not you know in specific terms, so you won't know what's going on. So, um, yesterday we ended with a discussion on Thanos, and we're going to continue that because that was a cliffhanger, and we know all of you hardly slept last night waiting for this podcast. <laughs> so um, we're going to pick that up. But, but the question today is, why are students going to see a movie like this? What's what's the appeal? Um, and we'll get into kind of some truth and some lies um, from the, the story that is told through Avengers Infinity War. But but just kind of the obvious surface level appeal, you know, are all the actors or actresses uh, that were mentioned, you know, yesterday. I think it has 72 main characters. Um, <clears throat> that was a wow. joke. Not literally. That was a Oh, joke. I thought you counted them up. <laughs> no. It seems like that doesn't yeah, seem off. It's not. That it's doesn't not seem off. <laughs> um, you know, and so the whole MCU universe is being developed for 19 years. I mean, that's going to be a draw. Um, just the action, the spectacle, uh, you know, the humor, as Kurt said, I agree completely. This is a very funny movie. Uh, There's a lot of times I was just laughing a lot in the movie. Um, and part of it, I think the guardians of the galaxy, I mean, they kind of carry this film in a lot of way to me. Um, I really liked the first one. I was surprised because I, I knew what they were kind of trying to accomplish and they won me over and I liked it. Uh, the second one I didn't really care for. Um, but this one, the Guardians just kind of redeemed themselves, and uh, and I enjoyed it. So it's a funny movie. Um, so all of those things are, are definitely um, an appeal. Uh, but Kurt, you, is this a place you want to pick up with some of what you were talking about Thanos yesterday, or do you want to say something else? No, no, I think that's good. Also, I think, I mean, for all of his faults, Robert Downey Jr. is very funny. Uh, He's, I mean, he has been set up in this movie, and he between he and Chris Pratt and uh, – the the characters voiced by Bradley Cooper and and Vin Diesel and um and Thor and, it's funny and Thor and Thor is yes that um the Thor Chris Pratt interaction is oh man very similar to my interaction with most men that I meet <laughs> they, um, I'm very intimidated I try to do what they do and everyone knows that I'm faking it so that, that uh, entire scene was was hilarious yeah. so uh but yeah I just we were talking about Thanos and we're talking about he's the bad guy and we're talking about how I kind of felt like halfway through this movie, I was like, this movie isn't really about all these, just the cavalcade of star characters that are in this movie, but it was really just about this guy, about Thanos, about his worldview and about what he wanted to accomplish and his willingness to sacrifice, to make really big sacrifices in order to do that. And um, I don't want to 
I I'm, I want to be really careful here and not spoil the movie. Although I feel like you should have seen the movie before you listen to us talk about it. But, um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, yeah, uh, this Thanos has a very distinct worldview and a worldview that's been shaped by his own experiences. And with that, um, his own negative experiences and positive experiences. And he's got a, a very clear idea of how he thinks the world ought to operate. And, uh, I think one of the things that characterizes his, um, his worldview is just the idea of the collective, um, over the individual and how he is the one he believes that, um, that it's okay to sacrifice a lot of people, um, an unbelievable number of people. Um, so for a better future and, you know, he's the villain in this movie. I couldn't help connect that to the idea behind like abortion, for instance, you know, the idea behind abortion is, is that poor people have too many children. And so abortion is good because, um, there's less crime. In fact, that's a proven statistic is as abortion rises, crime goes down. Um, and that's, Mm -hmm offered as a justification, you know, the world is better because of those things. Um, and obviously that goes directly against a biblical worldview about, you know, what life means and the gift of life and how, um, how sacred life is and how important life is, how important an individual life is. I was thinking about people who probably should have been aborted. Um, Jesus, Mozart, um, George Washington Carver, according to that, according to that worldview and just how, um, how easy it is for our world to slip into that, into that idea that like the future is important and whatever we have to sacrifice to get that good future, that's okay. Um, and I don't know if anyone, maybe I'm way off um, and maybe no one will, else will pick up on that, but I definitely picked up on that idea that this guy, that he couldn't rest until he had ensured that the future that he saw was best was done and that he didn't care who he had to sacrifice in order to achieve yeah. um in order to achieve end. Yeah. Now, that's a good point. And, and <clears throat> I was planning on bringing this up later as we kind of got into kind of the truth in line of the film, but something you said, I thought, okay, this, this fits in right here. And so speaking of, of Thanos' worldview, um, you know, he gives some explanation in the movie, and this is not a spoiler um, of, of kind of why he's doing what he's doing. And, and he says something along the lines of, I can't remember the exact quote, but he's doing all of this so he can finally rest. Um, and that he's he's destroying, he's conquering, he's killing, wiping out, you know, everyone, so he can finally rest. And then I'm thinking of that, kind of contrasting that with the God of the Scriptures and how he rests after he creates. You know, we think of the God of the Bible; he graciously gives, he produces, not destroys, and then he rests. And and you know, that was an interesting contrast to me because I think. We might not want to admit this, but much of the world buys into Thanos' worldview without realizing it. That we can have this mindset of, you know, conquering and ruling in order to have control and rest, but we have a creator God, you know, who gives through creation and creates and, and gives flourishing and he gives true rest by giving and giving and giving. Um, and just contrasting the two, the two um, worldviews there. Um, but yeah, uh, Kurt, I, again, kind of going back, I would agree that um, Thanos is definitely the main character of this movie. I know Christ in Pop Culture has a podcast called Seeing and Believing uh, by Wade Bearden and Kevin McLenathan, and they, they brought up that point that Thanos is kind of the main character. He's the one that, that holds all of these um, superheroes together uh, in the storyline. So yeah, I, w- I would agree with that. 
Yeah, I think Thanos' God is progress, and I think that's probably our God, too. That's the idol that he worships, is that in order to progress, we need to make these drastic steps. Otherwise, our future... And I guess that's like obviously the collision of worldviews between Christianity and the other, and you know, a lot of the prevailing worldview of today is the, is that our future is important because our future here is all that we have, mm-hmm. whereas the Christian's future is not tied up in, um, you know, in uh, you know we don't we don't live for this kingdom we live for an eternal kingdom and and you just see that. You can see that worldview clash in this movie um, just a little bit if you're looking for it. Um, but you, it, what you said just reminded me of just how um, how differently we view the world because we think that we serve a creator God um, who who creates us, who knits us together in our mother's womb versus um, versus someone who doesn't. So, yeah, that's just something that I picked up on that I thought was worthy of talking about. I think anytime you go see a movie with students, you should probably talk about these kind of things. Um it's easy to, as a youth minister, to go see a movie with students and be like, well, I did ministry because I spent time with students. But like, really, you know, we're taking a story. Everything is a story. We do this with our, we do this with music videos. Walt Mueller is really good about this. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we, uh, we do it with songs and music and we should do it with movies and books too. You know, is this, you know, what is the truth here and what's the lie here? Um, what do you think the truth of this movie is, John? Hmm. Or is there any, is there anything that you found in there that you thought that is true? I, I was thinking particularly about like the creation, like the very the creation part at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, like, would you t- tell me a little bit? Or what, do you, what did you think about that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's definitely an origin story in this movie, and, and I think just kind of taking that seed of a, of a thought there, that seed of a truth. Um, we know we had a beginning Um, and Mm. thinking of Genesis alone, you know, origin stories resonate with us. Um, I mean, it's part of the reason why we think, you know, ancestry.com is so significant. You know, Mm. people want to know where they came from and people want to know, you know, how everything began. And we know, okay, we believe Genesis one, you know, just Genesis, that's our beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of this longing that people have for a beginning and when they want to throw out scripture, they buy into the big bang or evolution. Yeah. We and, still, <clears throat> I noticed that we still haven't figured out what caused the big bang. We're still working on that first cause <laughs> that's right. science. I'm, we're, I'm waiting science for that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, on, I'm science. Waiting with it. yeah. It's decided it's, it's settled science. That it was the big bang, but we still, I'm still waiting on that thing that caused the big bang. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, so, so, and yeah, so, yeah, right. talking about an origin story, go ahead. You were saying something? Well, yeah, I just I was going to say that, um, you know, obviously they start with the Big Bang and, and uh, you know, and then the Infinity Stones. Yeah. All of that. But, I, you know, people I think people are captivated by that. Um, I was captivated by it, even as the um, I don't know this actor's name either, but he's Dr. Strange's assistant um, and he plays uh, he's he's on a bunch of different television shows. So, um uh, I think he's a Chinese actor, um, but I'm sure you'll tell me his name eventually. But he kind of goes through the origin story. And even as he's telling it, I'm just drawn into it because it's like it tells me like, oh, this is how this this is in this world. This is how we explain like what's happening and where we're going. And you can't really know where you're going until you know where you began. You need to know that. Um, yeah. And I think they're like that's something that's true about the story is that if you don't respect, like the, if you miss how you began, then you won't be able to, 
correctly plot out where you're headed. Um, and that's true for them. I mean, even though their origin story, I mean, it's a comic book, so we're not going to break, you know, like the people can fly, people have nanotechnology and all kinds of ridiculous things that can happen. Um, and there are gods with a little G in this movie. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, although they are not eternal, I, um, the, uh, as been seen in, in previous Marvel movies. So, um, yeah, I, I just think, uh, I'm, I was, I think there's a truth hidden in there amongst, uh, you know, amongst that. I think there's, I think there's a truth that we want to know where we began and where we're going. Um, and I thought, I thought that was a cool part of the movie. Yeah. And, and just again, side note, his name is Benedict Wong. Yes. Yes. And he's a, I, I really like him. As oh, yeah. I've seen him around and like, he'll just show up in different places and you'll be like, Oh, Hey, I know that guy. <laughs> um, so, he, um, I love character actors like that who just show up and you're like, Oh, he's in you know, this or that. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah. So that origin story, I mean, we could spend an entire episode just talking about each infinity stone and kind of the significance there and breaking that down. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, the, the basic origin story of infinity wars is the big bang theory, you know, plus the infinity stones, um, equals infinity war. Um, so that's the, the origin story there, which is an obvious lie uh, to us as Bible believing Christians. Um, something else I just wanted to, to go back to, to talk about the appeal of this movie, um, was, you know, wh- why would a movie like this appeal to our, our students? And I was going to make a comment on the way in which this, this movie is filmed. Um, but I think this movie caters to a short attention span. Oh yes, <laughs> that, absolutely. That, that again, as I joked, you know, there's 72 main characters. And so it's just, it's impossible to try to, you know, keep all of these characters together and tell a story in such a way where it's kind of long drawn out scenes. And so really you've got like, I don't know, 15 to 20 10 minute vignettes of just little clips of stories that are kind of pieced together. And and you think of all the statistics about teenagers and the way in which they consume media today. I mean, many of them sit in their rooms and they have Netflix on a television while they have their laptop in their lap, you know, watching YouTube videos while texting, you know, their friends, they have while listening to music, while listening to music, you know, they have three (laughs) screens in front of them basically. And I mean, I mean, I've gotten in the car numerous times, Kurt, I don't know if this has happened to you where students are like, Oh, I love this song. And they'll play it for about 15 seconds and then they'll play another song and then they'll play another song. It's like, they can't sit there. Not to be old, not to be an old man, but it is the worst when they do that. They want to play like 15 (laughs) seconds of song. I'm like, that's not even my favorite part is like three minutes in. Can we wait? (laughs) Can we wait till then? But it's just like they, they, this generation has a hard time sitting and savoring something and Avengers Infinity War is a movie to me that just constantly breaks another scene. Mm. And it just feels like you're watching, you know, maybe, and maybe this is saying something about the the Netflix generation we're growing up in of, of binge watching. It feels like you're watching, I don't know, eight episodes um, of a Netflix series when you go and watch a movie like this. So I would think that would have a major appeal. What are your thoughts, Kurt? Well, I was just, you know, um, I don't know if you've seen Dunkirk or not, but, uh, I thought it was pretty good too, but, uh, and Christopher Nolan likes to play with time, um, in in that movie. And, and you basically have three or four different stories, um, happening all at the same time or allegedly all the same time, you know, moving around like that. And I felt, I got a little bit of a, a vibe, the same kind of vibe from, you know, they've got these, the Avengers are, they've got some different locales where things are happening, whether it's, 
um, where Thanos is or where, um, you know, one part, one, one team is, at, you know, at a, at a, at a, a place where they forge weapons and another pl- people are in Thanos's hometown and other people are back on earth at different locations. And so, and you're just flashing between these over and over and over again. And it just reminds, and I wonder if that is where media is headed, where movies are headed. Um, I remember watching a movie called Sling Blade um, with <laughs> Billy, Billy Bob Thornton. I could definitely, that's not a recommendation. I don't even remember what's in that movie, but I do know that it starts with a, um, with like a 19 minute one shot or something like that. It's like a really long, um, where it's just the cameras on this guy for, and it's just a single take and that kind of movie making. I, I wonder if we're moving away from that of how distracted we are where we have to just do quick cuts and we jump to what's happening here and then what's happening there and what's happening there, or we have to play with time so that everything's happening at the same time um, for us, even though it's happening at different times. Um, it definitely uh, appeals to that kind of short attention span. Give me to give it to me in quick burst um, kind of uh, kind of idea. I definitely got that vibe from this movie. Yeah, and that's interesting. I, I wouldn't have made that parallel uh, to Dunkirk, um, but I agree with you. Um, but at the same time, <clears throat> um, just the difference between the movies because you, you have Avengers and it is a ton of action, a ton of. Uh, shots and all kinds of cuts and explosions and mm-hmm. every, you know, I'll, but Dunkirk is very, the pacing is very slow to be sure. Deliberate. There, yeah. There are tense moments. I mean, there's definite mm-hmm. moments of tension, but it's a very slow pace compared to a movie like that. I was just, I was just, kind of, I was really trying to say like, I probably didn't say this very well, but I was really just trying to say it's like, it's like four or five stories in one Absolutely. story. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that, and that to me, more than just like the jump cuts, like the fact that I need, like, I, like one story is not enough for me anymore. I need five <laughs> stories within my one story um, to make, you know, like, uh, so that kind of idea. And, you know, in, in Avengers Infinity War, like that, that is definitely the case where, you know, there's this one war going on or this battle between the big bad guy and his minions versus the good guy as they team, the good guys as they team up. But it's it's broken up into all these little individual stories, and that's how the MCU is too. I mean, it's just all these individual stories combined to make one story. And all that to say is that I don't want to sound like I am um, uh, deriding that in any way, because in lots of ways, that's what Scripture is. Mm-hmm. Scripture is sixty six. I mean, no Scripture is one author God. You know, Good job. but um, thank you. Theology check me there. The um, I passed my. Uh, Presbytery exam. So what's up? But um, <laughs> the uh, but yeah, but it's it's you know it's history and uh, literature. There's there's prose, there's poetry, there's music, and it happens over a long period of time. And it's one story. You know, it's the story of God redeeming His people. But it's all these other stories together. Um, and all these other there's one hero, there's one ultimate hero in the scripture and that's Jesus Christ. But there are all these little tiny heroes who you know like foreshadowing or his disciples or whoever it is. Um, and, you know, and I think that is, you know, I think that is ultimately the story and all stories who tap into that are, we're, they're going to, we're going to feel that in them. I think our humanity is going to feel that in them, our, our desire, um, to have that one true story. And I think that Avengers taps into that a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think that might be another reason why people like it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good, Kurt. Did you have anything else you want to add as we, we close this segment down? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I was just going to ask this. Like, what do you think was the most, without trying, without spoiling as best you can, what do you think was the most emotionally heavy moment hmm. of 
Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, again, going back to, to Thanos being the main character, um, you know, he does show emotion in this movie. There's a time where he is uh, sheds, yeah. sheds tears, okay. and mm-hmm. uh, and he he makes a sacrifice. And um, I would say that. I mean, I'm trying to recall the whole movie, but that might be the most emotional scene in the movie. Well, I, I was just going to say that you know, I think that. Um, I think that when people experience loss, um, that we, because we live in a fallen world, like that is where we really connect. And I felt like, I don't know as much as you can feel in the theater, but I kind of felt like people two different times. Um, one, uh, the time that you're talking about and then another time at the very end, um, when a character who you would not expect, um, to, go goes and one of his friends um or her friends sees this and just the like their reaction i just felt that in the in the crowd and um Mm. i i thought that 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 connected with people um even though it's just you know look it's people on green screens like none of this is real like it's all you know like it's but people connected to that um and, and and i thought that was like a powerful moment in the movie too and again i'm not comic about comic book guy and I do not like ride or die for Marvel or anything like that. But I just thought it was a powerful moment. So I just wanted to mention it. I I thought there were some powerful moments in the movie and I thought that that it can connect. Um, but there is some truth behind those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess we should just say, I think, I mean, I haven't asked Kurt point blank, but, but I enjoyed the movie. It's not a awesome movie. Um, but it's, it was a good movie. And so like, you've got those emotional scenes that you connect to that you're talking about, but then there's also the humor. There's also the action. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a good summer blockbuster. I have not seen all the Marvel movies, all those 19 Me films, either. but I will, de- I will definitely see the next one. Hmm. I will t- not the next, uh, Avengers movie. I will definitely see it. I will want to know. So in that way, they, they really succeeded. Yeah, um, definitely. cause they're going to get my money again. Yep. For sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right, Kurt. Well, thanks again for that. All right.